is Tansley Stearns. Tansley Stearns is your greatest challenger and biggest cheerleader. Inspirational human being who loves people. Future forward leadership. Tansley Stearns is a badass. Tansley Stearns is my mom, my hero, and I love her very much. I am Tansley Stearns, and this is Despite Impossible. I am a longtime credit union executive leading Community Financial as president and CEO. I have always admired and been inspired by people whose passion is boundless and who don't comprehend the word impossible. This show focuses on their stories. Today's guest is Tony Rocco, an awe-inspiring painter who is revolutionizing the art scene in Michigan. His artistic quest hasn't always been easy, as summarized in his advice to new artists. Let's learn more about Tony's journey. Who is Tony Rocco? Oh, that's uh, that's an interesting question because to me, he's still that like seven-year-old, uncertain, underserved, overlooked kid. You know, um, I mean, today, of course, he's more of like the father, husband, and yeah. hopefully the mentor. But honestly, I think. It's it's hard to shake that or or not identify with um, you know kids that are just kind of uh, overlooked and and not really you know um, given individual care and, and and focus for their for their individualities and I think that that's something that that I really is, is really near and dear to me. So yeah, I think I'm still that lost puppy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what I think is interesting about that is there's beauty in kiddos and their confidence in their art. So do you think that that is something you've been able to keep in a way that others couldn't? Yeah. I think that, you know, it, uh, kids with confidence and, and, and kids that are comfortable in their own skin yeah. is like this phenomenon, right? Me, you know, because I still don't know if I'm there. Oh, you know? interesting. And okay. so I really think that you know those were were the kids fortunate enough to to be nurtured. Yeah. Um, you know, when I see a kid and he's just firing on all cylinders and he's so comfortable in his own skin, it's it's just a huge inspiration for me. Yeah, for sure. So finish the sentence for me. The world is a better place when? Yeah, I think the world is a better place when we, you know, hopefully eventually we'll divert all of our focus and attention to um, catering to those individual individualities, you yeah. know. Um, there's, there is no one size fits all for mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. And I think that we're, you know, a lot of times trying the, the whole round peg in a square hole type thing. Mm-hmm. And if we could just, you know, play on their strengths and individualities, I think that it would be limitless. And 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 that sounds cliche, but I just I just know it to be true from personal experience and and what I've been fortunate enough to spend time with my children and point out their attributes because it takes us so long to realize what we're good at and what our strengths are. And if somebody can come in and and help condition us to those Mm -hmm. and point them out and be like, you really thrive at this. I watched you. You were amazing. 
you know, and keep pointing those things out to them and then provide them other resources that could help, you know, them look a little deeper into that. Um, so that's, it's got to start at the beginning. And, and I think that, that it's with kids. And I, and again, I know that sounds so cliche, but I believe it in, in every fiber of my body. Awesome. What inspires you? Um, that's a loaded question. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I drive around, walk around, you know, bumping into walls on inspiration overload. It's, it's, it's restless. It's, yeah. it's, it's a double-edged sword. It really is. Um, but, you know, and it changes from moment to moment. So it could be, you know, anything from, you know, somebody I run into in the bank that's just captivating and has this presence. Um, it could be that kid that's with certainty, that kid with confidence. Um, or it could be just stumbling across like the artwork of an unknown artist, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's always changing and it's always on overload and it's always got me um, running into walls and, and, and you know, uh, missing stop signs and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. That's awesome. When you're in your happiest, most joyful place, you're listening to? Um. <laughs> I think it's I think it's French classics because yeah, yeah right. you know I've always had this thing for France and and um I don't get lost and hung up on the lyrics. Okay. And so it's all these melodies and nice. you know for all I know they could be tragic songs <laughs> and I'm sure they are <laughs> you know with happy little melodies but I love um it. you know it, it allows me to um sort of teleport into another place and time and, and just, just makes me happy. What got you turned on to that? Well, I've been visiting France uh, for the last five years, yeah. pretty regular. And, um, you know, the culture and the friends and family that I've made over there. Um, also, I've been obsessed with France and, and, and all my favorite legendary artists um, yeah. lived and worked there. Um, when I was seven years old, seven years old, there was a... Um, a mentor in my life and it's interesting because like growing up an immigrant kid and you know not speaking English in kindergarten and, and those kinds of things you know like for my parents you know getting food to the table mm -hmm. was was what was important not you know making sure little Tony got to go to museums and, and learn about you know uh, artists living and working in Paris but there was this this one elderly woman by the name of Miss Goldman, and I would just I, I mean I was like five and seven years old, and she would say one day when you're you know have a show in France and you're you know you know working there and living there and and she would always have these like grandiose ideas about me, and I used to think she's either absolutely crazy or knows exactly what she's talking about. So I chose to believe that she must have known something that the others didn't because she was also very cultured. Like, you know, she had had pictures of her father's theater in New York when she was a little girl. She had, you know, the dress that she performed in framed and on the wall. Mm -hmm. Her son had a 45 record. So I was like she knows something that 
nobody else does, you know, and so I kind of held on to that. That's amazing. Yeah. So what's made you laugh out loud recently? Oh, t today I was... <laughs> <laughs> Today I was woken up uh, confronted by a squirrel in the window. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's he was amazing. he was like challenging me to a fist fight. Like he totally <laughs> he totally was giving me the look, and and uh, I laughed out loud. I, I I sort of love that that spunk. Um, yes, as you know, on our little ride. That I we love had, that. You know? <laughs> I'm yes. a sucker. I'm a sucker for that. So, but that's between you and I. <laughs> When was the last time you danced till your feet were sore? Oh my gosh! If I bring up France again, am I going to get like no, something great. thrown at me? No. Um, you know, France. They, they, they. There's music on the streets mm. everywhere. There's an accordion play. Somebody drags a piano out to the middle of the cobblestone street, and you know, um, guitarists on every corner. And and there's this cabaret called uh, Trois Malais, who I've become very good friends with the performers and and a lot of the famed um, performers that we know, like, you know, Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong and Edith Piaf, and they all had performed there and started out their careers there. And they start singing at about 10 o'clock at night, and it goes till 5 in the morning. And they sing on the tables, and the patrons join them and sing on the table or dance on the tables and yeah. stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's Epic. when. <laughs> when you feel down, you heal by... Um, you know, I, I learned a long time ago that like painting was always the answer. You know, when I get like in a slump and I don't know what to do with myself and I start, you know, becoming down on myself, I had stumbled across the fact that like painting always immediately made me feel better. Although it's the most difficult thing to do when you're down to, to cross that threshold mm -hmm. into the studio. But once you do, it's just, it's meditation and it's, it's amazing. So, um, what I've done is always made it my answer. So when mm -hmm. I'm pondering and I don't know what to do and I'm in a funk, I stop searching for the answer and I say, Tony, you already know the answer. Get to the studio, get to painting. Um, and it's never failed. Mm. Um, the other thing I think is just, you know, my kids have these healing powers, right? So mm -hmm. I can I can jump in, you know, our classic car together and then within five minutes I'm, you know, smiling and challenging squirrels <laughs> to fist fights. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Who's someone you look up to? Um again, you know, I I I don't want to make the whole entire interview about kids, but yeah. I, I really think that that they are my biggest inspiration and I look up to them. Um, my children never starved for attention. And so they're these well-rounded beings and, and they become my little consultants. Um, you know, I've been running, I've been running ideas by them since they were so small. And I'll tell you what, I, I can't even express to you how many times I've taken their advice, even from just at the, you know, the youngest age, and they've really never steered me wrong. Um, so, so yeah. How old are they now? 18 and 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> they've been my voice of reason. They've seen me make big, bad decisions. Um, but, but they're pretty great. Do you have a mantra you live by? 
Um, I think the one that comes to mind most is um, people talk about inspiration and, and, and that sort of thing. And, and I hear a lot of artists say, you know, I just, I just, I'm not inspired or I'm not feeling inspired. And, you know, Picasso had this quote and he said, inspiration finds you working. And what he means by that is you got to start the process and then it hits you. Yeah. Um, and then there's another cheesy one that I love. It's, um, it's, it's the last line of my way by Sinatra. Um, what is it? Oh my God. I even wrote it down. I, can't get it. <laughs> I love that. Um, Anyways, look it up. Oh, let the record show. I took my blows and did it my way. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's just a testament to like going all in, you know, taking the gut punches and the black eyes and then coming out of it, realizing that it was all for, you know, the purpose. Yeah. And um, I've just always identified with that song as, as cheesy as it is. <laughs> It's fantastic. Do you have a mantra that you live by? I think those would be That's them. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Picasso one yeah. and and, yeah. and that. Yeah. yeah. So tell us about your impossible. Well, one of my first impossibles, I think, was, um, you know, again, growing up in Section 8 housing and coming from poverty and an immigrant family, I hired in to work on the assembly line at Ford Motor Company. Yeah. And although that was my parents' dream and every immigrant's dream to finally have, you know, the security of a weekly paycheck yeah. and, and work and stability and insurance and, and those kinds of things, it wasn't really my dream. Yeah. And to me, it was like a life sentence of working on the assembly line. Yeah. And I looked at it completely different. Um, and then lo and behold, you know, sketching on my breaks, I was approached by... UAW Ford and management to paint murals to boost company morale within the factory. And then that turned into them naming me the resident artist. So, you know, I went in with no education and um, I went, I, I did it because we were still very much struggling at the time. So it was a necessity to get one more set of hands working and providing. And then it turned into, you know, again, art always being the answer. What are some of the challenges you faced that felt insurmountable? You know, I think rejection, mm. you know, managing rejection, yeah. you know, um, I, I can't emphasize enough how much that has been a part of success and and not letting it you know, stop you and, and, and trying. And I, and I, and I, I, <laughs> I'm challenged by it daily still, but, um, you know, you work so hard and you put your heart and soul into something and you're easily, you know, rejected or overlooked. And it's so personal, especially when it's, you know, your art and mm -hmm. it's something that's like coming directly from you. And for someone to say, Oh, don't, don't take it personal is, is kind of its own slap in the face, you know, but so I, I think, you know, growing thicker skin and managing, um, rejection. Yeah. Did anyone give you advice about that? That's been helpful. Um, 
Not so much, to be truthful. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hadn't had a lot of artist mentors. Yeah. And, you know, it's really its own animal. And that's why I, you know, me and Greg and I yeah. founded um, the Art Foundation so that we could share some of these, you know, um, hurdles with kids that are pursuing art yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, so, but... I see a lot of memes about it now on, you know, Instagram and stuff like yeah. that about rejection. And, you know, you see all the quotes and stuff like that. But they just weren't around when I was a kid. <laughs> Sometimes they're not even that helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think not. I think not. Has there been a point in your journey where you felt like giving up? Yes. Um, I think daily, you know. Yeah. I mean, I would be painting at night feel so good about what I was doing and then wake up to an alarm clock and you know, have to go to work and think, oh, that was a, you know, fallacy and this is not a reality and I quit and I give up. But the one thing that I can really say about me is they were very short lived. They were, mm. they were often and sometimes even daily, but very short lived, yeah. you know, like I would within a few hours often, you know, I'd be like, okay. Let's get back to work. You know what I mean? Because you know you... I had the curse of you just... just I couldn't quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, so... Where do you think that comes from? That rigor or drive? I think it's... Um, seeing, you know, the tenacity of uh, immigrants who come to this mm -hmm. country and they don't speak the language yeah. and they don't have a vehicle and they didn't many times they didn't have a place to stay they were staying with somebody and they found a way to get a job and get to the grocery store and learn what to buy and um but i've learned that that tenacity is also something that it's a it's also a double-edged sword yeah because sometimes you need to give up on yeah. the wrong thing <laughs> Right. And, you know, let's say it's a relationship you're in and you're in with the wrong person and you've been conditioned your whole life to not give up. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's not serving you well. Yeah. So, again, um, a good and a bad thing at times. Right. Would you describe the feeling that you had when you knew your dream was coming to life? Yeah. Um, I think it was when... It, it's kind of, was kind of twofold. It was when I started to be able to provide for my family mm -hmm. through art. Right. But not compromise who I was as an artist. Yeah. So I didn't just, you know, go into a graphic design world and start, you know, doing illustrations for, you know, vacuum cleaner, vacuum manuals and, <laughs> you know, like, and saying, oh, you know, at least I'm an artist providing for my family. So, um... I was able to make a living by painting exactly what I want and who I am without compromise and yeah. having that creative liberty. And I think that's a very, very rare error. Super rare. Yeah. Super rare. What's one thing you've learned going through this impossibility? Um... I think there's just... Everything that I dreamed of when I was seven, 
is coming and came true, it just took 45 years. <laughs> so, you know, and um, I also wasn't aware with all the other stuff that came with it. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so, like, you know, I, 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 I dreamed of, like, one day making a living off my art and that happened and I dreamed of, you know, maybe I could sell to famous people someday and, and that happened. And then it was like, you know, maybe, maybe I could, you know, launch my career in Paris and, and that happened. And what I find most interesting about the dream is that the one thing I never knew or had enough experience about was of all the things I dreamed of, I didn't realize that connecting with people and the connectivity through the art would be the greatest reward. Mm. You know, I didn't know to think of it. I didn't know to dream it up, but what I have learned is the most meaningful connections in my life have come from connecting through the art and then the dialogue continues and then the next thing you know you're eating turkey legs at thanksgiving with these people <laughs> and they become your they become your tribe and your family and um it's one thing i could have never really predicted this is a dream and it's not a fairy tale so what are some of the challenges you still face you know when you have um, a gift or talent or something like that creatively, you're left with a lot of other deficiencies, you know? So art isn't just the guy that paints all day and sells his paintings, you know? There's so much administrative. There's mm. so much, like, you know, accounting and social media and archiving and fulfilling orders and you know, documenting everything, you know, imaging everything, putting catalog numbers to them and, um, you know, responding to clients and emails. And so that's my biggest challenge. And I've got some great people working with me, but it's not, again, you know, each scenario is so unique and each client is looking for something completely different that there's no one cookie cutter way to streamline the process and each client deserves that individual attention um so there's a lot of you know uh, front-loaded stuff uh, before you ever get to the painting right a lot of people have dreams and get stuck in, in action. What advice would you give to people to use that fire in their belly to charge towards their impossible? Um, you know, I, I often use this, this quote and I think it's, I think maybe I should stop because I don't know if it's the best, uh, you know, advice, but when people come to me and they say, in, in terms of art, yeah. when people come to me and they say, like, um, how do I make it as an artist? Or what advice would you give an artist? I always say quit. <laughs> because, <laughs> because if you can, 
by all means, quit. Because art is only for the person that cannot quit. Yeah. You know, like I couldn't quit. It was not an option. And if you can, by all means, pick another career. <laughs> um, you know, and I can't believe I'm putting that on recording, but like it's it's just it's 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 something that has to be with you know so much a part of you and um they always give me this the, these young artists always give me this crazy look when i say that and i really think it's going to separate the kids that do it from the kids that don't mm -hmm. because it's not for the faint of heart it's really not you know so what's your next impossible my friend my next impossible is all focus on Paris and France. Um, you know, I'm in the process of um, purchasing an apartment in Paris. I get my keys on the 16th of October. Oh my gosh! Yeah, um, I'll be creating an entire solo show there, um, spending a lot of time there. And, you know, this has been my dream since I was seven years old. And I'm not there yet. And, you know, I can still fall on my face and flop. Um, so I would consider that my next impossible. It's incredible. Well, I'm so grateful for your friendship and your inspiration. So Thanks. Thank Thanks you for so joining much, us. Thank you for having me. This concludes today's episode. For exclusive content, visit us at despiteimpossible.com and subscribe to this podcast.